I always knew that I could work hard enough. I didn't, I, there, there wasn't an issue with discipline or there wasn't an issue with the ability to sacrifice or the willingness to sacrifice. I've, I've never really viewed myself as particularly talented. Where I excel is ridiculous, sickening work ethic. You know, while the other guy's sleeping, I'm working. While the other guy's eating, I'm working. You know, I've forgiven my family for what happened, and that was a big part of my recovery. I'm a single father of four that went through a divorce and recovery, and I didn't act like a jackass. You know, I was able to be honorable and not give my kids the same information I got. Where did the hell does this confidence come from? I mean, tell us about the earliest days. There had to be a time when you didn't have it, and where did it shift? Because I know you, like, like so many people have taught, mm. you have a process of visualizing and, and conditioning mm. the mind and training yeah. yourself. But tell us what it was like in the early days growing up. What was your life T like? Tony, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. Where I come from, it's a, like I, it's on my whiskey prop on number 12. I come from a place, Dublin 12. It is a hard-working town, a small little, a little suburb. A, it has its good and it has plenty of bad, but I, I always like to focus on the good because the good shines through. And I think psychologically, the advantage that, that that gives me over over a lot of people that I, I have been in competition with in different situations is it's difficult to take the first step when you look how big yeah, exactly. the, the task is. The task is never huge to me. It's always one brick. For many times I was laughed at and not believed in, but you know what? Nothing external can 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 defeat the internal. The only yes. thing that can take someone down or break you down is internal. Nothing external is strong enough. It's just about making sure your internal dialogue and your internal belief in yourself is strong enough that it can withstand the external. The external is there. Yes. You've got to accept it. You've got to embrace it. You've got to understand it and be aware of it. But don't let it seep into into your internal dialogue. And that's, you know, part of my job here, part of what I'm in service for is because maybe they can listen to an album that I just did on recovery or a book that I just wrote on recovery and sharing my experience. Maybe I can reach some of them while you're reaching some of them and we all work together and we can really make a difference. I'm motivated by fear. Fear of fear. I hate being scared to do something. It's very simple. This is what I believe, and I'm willing to die for it. Loss is bound to joy. Like pain and suffering are bound to joy. The, the being able to survive something is actually a big part of being able to find that next wave of joy. You appreciate um, smaller things. My name is Marshall Romanati. Kids don't do drugs. Were you, were you in yeah, what were was you? going on at that time? Yes, I was just a little wee bit under the influence on that, uh, that particular clip. Well, one thing for sure is we're glad that you can discuss it so openly because that by itself is something personal and you're able to open up to your fans about the addiction. Tell us about that dark period in your life. 
the separation of talent and skill is one of the, 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 the greatest misunderstood concepts for people who are trying to excel, who have dreams that want to do things. Talent you have naturally. Skill is only developed by hours and hours and hours of beating on your craft. You know what I mean? When we talk about the people that are around you, we know that you, Dr. Dre, and 50 Cent are really close friends, and they're also your business partners. What, what were they, what was their whole perception of what was going on with you? Did they know that you had an addiction problem? Or? I think that, um, you know, when, when I ask, when I, when I talk to 50 and Dre about it, I think that they just, they, they felt like something wasn't right, but they didn't quite know at that time. You know what I mean? I, I just, I hit it really well, so. Because kind of, I'm sure that must have been hard for them to kind of even approach you on that, because that's something different. Yeah, I don't think anybody would have actually said anything at, at that point in time anyways. And I don't think anybody really could, you know? It was kind of a thing that I had to come to the realization of. So. Well, I was, I was extremely um, distant, you know? I didn't really talk to nobody. I, I kind of just went off and just did my own thing. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd go home and shut the door. Or I'd just go off into a bathroom somewhere you know pop a couple of pills and then be okay and then, but you know i was a, i was a functioning addict so i was kind of the worst an addict of the worst kind so nobody really knew what was going on i think just people around me saw like something ain't right for me as an addict one of the first things i heard was you know why don't you get it together and what's your problem and why can't you just stop and things like you know don't you have any willpower he said I would have shifted my perspective and I would have embraced the opposition a lot earlier. He said because the moment my perspective shifted, not only did my disposition switch, it shifted my whole household. He said the funny thing is, because of our perspective, we didn't view the opposition as opposition anymore. We started to view the opposition and adversity as an opportunity. I said bingo. I'm not out there shooting heroin. I'm not out there fucking, you know, putting coke up my nose, I'm not smoking crack. You're struggling with the argument of, do you have a problem or do you not have a problem? Can you control it or can you not? And I literally thought I could control it. And for one out of 10 people, this is how easy it is to fall into the hands of addiction. Once you're addicted, the drugs become interchangeable. You're taking things that people are giving you that you don't even know what the fuck they are. They look like a pill and they look, they're shaped like something that you take, so you take it. I'd rather be like him. And it takes everybody working together to keep the message going from different levels. You know, I, I got one of the um, thing from the press conference and it's, it's this fat and it's got all the statistics in it. And I have a 16 year old son and I tell you, I couldn't pay him to read that thing. Within a month, I had relapsed and shot right back up to the same amount of pills that I was taking. I remember just walking around my house and thinking every single day, like, I'm gonna fucking die. It took me a, a, a while to actually admit, you know, that I had a problem. I mean, you know, in the hip-hop world that I live in, I think that it can be mistaken for weakness. And the last thing you want to do in hip-hop is admit that you're weak. 